1: Today is February 24th, 2022, and the latest news, Joe Biden's administration has planned for direct attacks against Russian infrastructure in retaliation for the invasion in Ukraine. There's also contemplation of banning Russia from the SWIFT payment system. Both of these actions could result in World War III. I hate to sound a little hyperbolic, but cutting off Russia from the SWIFT system means they will have to find alternate methods of financing their operation. And they will. China is already defending them. In our next story, Jen Kuger of the Young Turks makes an insane comment about the right supporting Putin because he's white. But it's not about him. It's about many pro-war establishment types attacking the right and people like Tucker Carlson when they're correct about what's going on. In our last story, We have more information about what's happening with the attacks on the ground in Ukraine, though it may be a little bit outdated due to the changing nature of the conflict, but I will leave it in the podcast so you can still hear it. It is valuable. If you like this show, please leave a good review. Give us five stars and share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. As the conflict between Ukraine and Russia began to escalate in the past few weeks, many were skeptical that Vladimir Putin would actually invade the country. I was one of those skeptical individuals, even though we had U.S. intelligence reports suggesting that Russia would go into Kiev, the capital. I still said that's absurd. Even only a few days ago, we said Russia going even as far west as Kharkiv, which is still rather eastern, was not going to happen. And now we know we were wrong. Russia has staged a full-scale invasion of the country. And the latest update is that Russian forces have taken the Chernobyl nuclear disaster site. In response to the invasion, we are seeing severe sanctions on Russia from the West, from the US and the UK. And I I, I feel, I must say, we are now facing a very real prospect for World War III. I hate to say it, That that phrase is so cliche and tired because throughout my career in journalism and and politics, uh, I should say, in political commentary and culture, we have heard of many circumstances in which we thought maybe Israel and Palestine could trigger a third world war. Or maybe the Middle East, maybe Iran outside of Israel, areas of the Middle East could trigger this. Now, uh, perhaps it is still a bit too bold, but we've certainly we have not been as close as we are to a full scale international conflict as we are now and you need to understand the reason this this may not be hyperbole is that there are actual discussions of booting Russia off what's called the swift payment system this is the international monetary system for handling ach transactions This would cut off Russia from global finance. The result would be Russia working with China, perhaps Iran, North Korea or other countries to develop alternate means of economic trade or financial systems, which would completely undermine the petrodollar and create global instability. Russia will simply not cease to uh, Russia will not cease to exist simply because we cut off the entire nation from swift. But if we do, many are warning. The end of the petrodollar brings about global energy instability at a time when these sanctions on Russia already mean gas prices and energy prices for Europe and the US are set to skyrocket. The dominoes are being knocked over. I'd like to believe that retaliation will not occur. But now it's being reported by NBC News that Joe Biden has been presented with with options for the US to engage in direct attacks on Russian infrastructure. I don't want to believe it. I think the U.S. would be insane. Now they're talking about cyber infrastructure attacks, which may already be occurring. And I can show you some stories to suggest that may be the case. We don't know for sure because it's hard. You, you, don't, you can't see cyber attacks. We can see the physical hot warfare in Ukraine. We can see the videos. It's hard to know what's propaganda, what's fake video, and what's real. But you can some of it, you can still see very real conflict occurring. But if the U.S. does choose to engage in direct assaults on Russian infrastructure, we are talking about the U.S. engaging in direct war with Russia. If European nations and the U.S. do cut off Russia from swift, they go to China. China gets their back. China is already pressing on Taiwan right now. As we speak, news articles are emerging that Chinese Air Force is already pressing into the Taiwanese air defense zone. Now, this has happened before. It happens often. It's not necessarily new. But China is ready, willing, and able to go and take Taiwan. And that means the U.S. gets cut off from silicon chips, computer technology. We will be seriously harmed by this. All of these are painting a very bleak picture. Hopefully, hopefully it doesn't happen. It's hard to be right. I can't make accurate predictions on this stuff. I can only tell you what we're seeing now and what may occur. And often what I think may occur isn't correct. I did not believe that Russia would actually try to take Kiev. I did not believe U.S. officials when they said they would. My, f- my friend from Kiev is telling me fighting is happening there now. And if you don't trust the Biden administration, I don't blame you because I don't necessarily trust them either. This could all be propaganda to drum up support for war with Russia. It could be something the West wants. But I trust my friend. I trust my friend and their family members. I, I, I trust them showing me videos. So I don't know what to say other than I, I pray that it does not escalate beyond as bad as it's getting right now. But you need to understand Russia moving into Ukraine. This is not like Middle Eastern conflict. This is not like Israel and Palestine. This is Russia. A nuclear power, not the most powerful in the world, perhaps with nuclear power, they may be, but not the most powerful militaristically, but they are large. They do have allies and and the U.S. has a lot of enemies. Cutting off Russia means Russia now goes to work with the adversaries of the U.S. And then something cold and dark may be coming this way. I want to start by showing you just the latest update. Russian Forces Taking Chernobyl. Before we get started, please head over to TimCast.com and become a member to help support our work. If you like the articles we write, if you think our journalists do a good job, being a member makes sure we continue to operate. Our news articles are free. We could put up a paywall. We don't want to do that. We do have a paywall up for our exclusive members-only segments, but this is commentary. We want to make sure that the news is readily and available, and we're helping cut through the noise because, boy, is there a lot. With your support we can continue to do that. And don't forget to smash that like button right now. Subscribe to this channel. Share the show with your friends. And boy, do I just want to point out the strange evolution of our generation. That I'm talking about the prospects of global war and saying smash that like button. Who would have thought these, 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 these statements, these tropes, these behaviors that developed from young people watching silly internet videos could become so serious I I, I pray the like button and algorithm isn't disruptive to you getting the important news. But seriously, please consider sharing this. One of the latest updates on the conflict from TimCast.com, Russian forces entering Ukraine from Belarus have seized control of the Chernobyl nuclear disaster site. The decommissioned power plant exploded in 1986, spraying radioactive waste across Europe. On day one of the first major land war in Europe in decades, the Russian military plunged into Ukraine by land, sea, and air. Killing dozens of Ukrainian soldiers and ominously touching off a pitched battle at the highly radioactive Chernobyl exclusion zone, that risked damaging the cement-encased nuclear reactor that melted down in 1986. National Guard troops responsible for protecting the storage unit for dangerous radioactive waste are putting up fierce resistance. It's reported um, far and wide. This is uh, this is very this is very very close to Kiev. You need to understand it's very close to Kiev, the capital. U.S. officials have have told Newsweek they believe the country will fall. I'm I'm worried about what happens with U.S. allies, NATO allies, with Baltic states when Russia has conquered Ukraine, if they do, and then is pressing on the borders of these countries. Mind you, they already are in Kaliningrad. They already are. So I I don't want to suggest that could be the catalyst. This could be. In the latest news... NBC is reporting that Joe Biden has been presented with options for massive cyber attacks against Russia. The options presented included disrupting the Internet across Russia, shutting off power and stopping trains in their tracks. The idea that the U.S. would engage in direct attacks on Russian infrastructure to me is psychotic. It is a death wish. It's bad enough Russia is doing what they're doing. If the U.S. were to retaliate directly in any way. It would be an act of war against Russia. Vladimir Putin has already warned. Anyone who interferes will face repercussions never before seen in history, with many believing that was a nuclear threat. Could be anything. Could be biological. It could be rods from God. Do you know what that is the idea that they would put a satellite in space that could drop, just drop a tungsten rod that would slam down. And just destroy them. It's powerful, to say the least. Now, that may be urban legend. We don't know what kind of weapons exist today. But, but if you think that we're still operating off of 100-year-old technology, okay, 80-year-old technology, these nuclear gravity bombs, you would be mistaken. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? Vladimir Putin may have capabilities well beyond what we would expect. NBC News says two U.S. intelligence officials, one Western intelligence official and another person briefed in the matter, say no final decisions have been made. But they say the U.S. and military cyber warriors are proposing the use of American cyber weapons on a scale never before been uh, contemplated among the options disrupting the Internet across Russia shutting off electric power and tampering with railroad switches to hamper Russia's ability to resupply its forces, three of the sources said. You could do everything from slow the trains down to have them fall off the tracks. This is wildly, wildly inappropriate. The fact that this story is even being reported is a signal to Russia. Maybe that's the point. The U.S. wants Russia to fear they will retaliate with cyber weapons. But as much as Vladimir Putin may disagree, mutually assured destruction is a real possibility. If the U.S. engages in hostilities against Russia, you think Russia's going to be like, we're fine with it. Keep, keep screwing with our infrastructure. I really doubt it. The sources said the options presented included preemptive responses to Russia's invasion of Ukraine, irrespective of whether Russia launches its own cyber attacks on the U.S. in retaliation for sanctions. Now this, my friends, is the most direct potentiality But I don't think it's the worst. Fighting with Russia could end. You could start a fight. Both sides could be like, okay, okay, let's slow down there a minute. What comes next is actually a whole lot scarier. Take a look at this story from Financial Times. World leaders divided on whether to eject Russia from the SWIFT payment system. The SWIFT payment system, International Financial Exchange, cutting them off basically means that the petrodollar is done. Russia will need other means of securing and trading energy and resources, and they will, of course, have it. And China already has their back. We would fracture the world between two parallel economies, and then Russia will need not the SWIFT payment system. They'll have nothing stopping them from engaging in full-scale war against the U.S., nor will any of Russia's allies. Before I talk about this and break down what SWIFT is, I want to make sure that I give you a general understanding of what cyber war could mean. If Joe Biden, as I stated, engages in cyber attacks against Russia, what could we see? I want to show you this video from February 23rd at 8 a.m. Sky News reports, a boiler explosion has reduced a food plant to ashes in Oregon. One worker described the explosion as being like a tornado ripping through the building before the roof was, blo- roof was blown off. One response was, no safety valves? We don't know what caused this. It could just be, I believe they're saying, a faulty pipe. Perhaps. I have no reason to suggest otherwise. But I want you to know, in, if, if there were to be cyber war, it would look just like this, and you would not know. They're not going to publicly release that our infrastructure is vulnerable. They don't want to panic. But it's very easy to disrupt industrial control systems through cyber warfare. One person responded, all the exec- all those executive orders Biden signed in 2021 sure made a lot of explosions randomly happen in the same industries his executive orders are attacking. Fertilizer plants, pipelines, and now food plants, maybe Build Back Better isn't about building at all. I don't think that as, uh, uh, look, my personal opinion, if you asked me to place a casino chip, a 100 bucks on cyber attack or no cyber attack, my bet, cyber attack. But I could be wrong. I have no evidence. I just think with the, with the budding international conflict, it's possible. Let me show you something that I've often talked about, which, which may be indicative of cyber war. But again, I don't know for sure. From The Guardian. Trump says he stopped airstrike on Iran because 150 would have died. This story from Friday, June 21st, 20, uh, June 21st, 2019. We have this story. From CNBC, October 16th, 2019, the June 21st blaze at a Philadelphia refinery was likely caused by a faulty pipe, according to a preliminary report from the U.S. Chemical Safety and Hazard Investigation Board. The explosion released more than 5,000 pounds of deadly hydrofluoric acid into the air. The refinery, refinery closed shortly after the fire, and Philadelphia Energy Solutions filed bankruptcy in July. It was a June 21st fire. I believe it was in the wee hours of the morning. I could be wrong. I believe it was the, yes, the early morning hours of June 21st, around 4.20, the fire raged at 4.15 a.m. At the same time, this is going on, it was reported at 9 a.m. on June 21st. Donald Trump has said the U.S. Air Force was cocked and loaded to attack three Iranian targets on Friday morning, but he called off the strike with 10 minutes to spare after being told that air, the airstrike might kill as many as 150 people. Trump said in a series of morning tweets, he decided on late Thursday that the death toll was not a, pro, not a proportionate response to the Iranian shooting down of a US spy drone off the Iranian coast. Now, okay, it may be that Donald Trump called off the attack well before this refinery exploded. I asked some of my friends who work in cybersecurity and specialize in, in, in cyber war, and they said, we don't, we don't th- see a relation. Perhaps, perhaps. Now, we don't know exactly when this was called off, but we know that in the wee hours of the morning, around 4 o'clock, a refinery explodes. We know it's then reported around 9 a.m., Trump had called off an airstrike on Iran. Maybe my timeline's off. Maybe it's coincidental. It's entirely possible. But could it have been that we knew it was a cyber attack and Trump said the retaliation for this will be too severe? Retreat. We are not secure. We are not prepared. I don't know. I really don't know, but I think it's important to consider. Now, of course, the official reporting is that it was uh, uh, a faulty pipe causing, uh, you know, this this fire to start, and maybe that's the case. I just want you to understand that, you know, there's some speculation, and I think it's fair to say the official reporting says that's not the case. My sources say it's not the case. I'm just saying. That's it. It would look like this: companies would shut down. The latest updates on the war. Let's get back to it from Boston Globe, AP reporting Biden announces new sanctions against Russia. They say the sanctions target banks, oligarchs and high tech sectors. The U.S. and its allies will block assets of four large Russian banks, impose export controls and sanction oligarchs. They go on to say that Biden for now is holding off on imposing some of the most severe sanctions, including cutting Russia out of the swift payment system, which allows for the transfer of money from bank to bank around the globe or Russia's energy sector. But we're going there. Boris Johnson pushes very hard for the move, while Germany warns against a head of emergency EU meeting. Financial Times reports, Western leaders are split on whether Russia should be ejected from the swift international payment system, a move that could deliver a heavy blow to the country's banks and its ability to trade beyond its borders. Do you not think that Russia is prepared for this? It is naive. The, the, the international trade ties prevent Russia from going too far. Russia is doing what it thinks it can get away with. At least Vladimir Putin, Vladimir Putin does. He does not believe they will push him that hard. But you know what, man? If they cut off Russia from swift, then Putin says, so be it. We're off the leash. And with reports that, that the U.S. has prepared retaliation against Russian infrastructure, we're playing with fire. For those that aren't familiar, I would like to point out first and foremost, if you watch Timcast IRL, you have long heard, probably for the past couple of years we've been doing the show, Ian, talk about the SWIFT payment system and the global control that these, these, these despots and oligarchs have by controlling this payment system. Now we're seeing it come into play. The New York Post says, what is SWIFT? Russia could be ejected. They say the SWIFT system or Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunication facilitates financial transactions and money transfers for banks banks located around the world. The system is overseen by the National Bank of Belgium and enables transactions between more than 11,000 financial institutions in more than 200 countries around the world. Without access to SWIFT, Russia and its financial institutions would be effectively cut off from most international business transactions, for example, Russia would be unable to secure profits from international sales of its oil and gas production. Deals that comprise more than 40% of the country's revenue. I'm already seeing journalists demanding we make this move, particularly UK journalists. I hope they realize Russia will not just disappear. Many have said to me, because I believe there's some, some um, conservative personalities saying, Russia does not have the GDP to engage in, in long-term warfare. They can only handle short excursions, perhaps. But China has their back. China needs Russia's help in claiming Taiwan. And plus, they want to expand in the South China Sea. They want to control the area. So perhaps. But also, if Russia takes Ukraine, Russia gains Ukrainian assets. Are they going to gain the entirety of the Ukrainian GDP? No, but Russia will, will gain those assets. They will need these assets to maintain control over Ukraine, but it gives them massive access to resources. Those that are familiar with the Cold War know what Russia can and has done to Ukraine once they gain access to their resources. Now, Boris Johnson wants swift actions. He wants Russia out of swift. And while those discussions are happening, the Times of Israel reports UK to ban Russia's aeroflot, sanction banks, businesses and oligarchs. This may not be the apocalypse, but it is a domino not falling over, which I believe is driving us in that direction. We have reports from The Guardian. Kiev is furious as EU waivers on banning Russia from the swift payment system. Ukraine foreign minister voices anger as EU leaders likely to decide against blocking Russia from international payment system. Now, I don't know what the right move is. Perhaps sanctions are the path forward. Perhaps not. I can say I don't want war, I don't want the US involved in war, but I don't, I don't know if we have a choice. While many say we should never engage and we should, end, we should stop, we should prevent all war, uh, war at all costs, that may be true. But what if our allies are attacked? Do we abandon them? Many say yes. Does NATO then break apart? Many say yes. Do we just let Russia keep going? We, we've seen these strategies before. It didn't work in World War II. I'm not saying Putin is Hitler. Not at all. And just because it happened then doesn't mean the same course of action will re- result in the same consequences. It's possible Russia really does just stay with, with you, within Ukraine. But what happens in 10, 20 years? Russia wants the Soviet Union back. Vladimir Putin does. He's an old man. 69 years old. I don't know who steps up and takes his place. And if they do, do they have the same vision as him? I don't know. So perhaps the best thing we can do is prevent war at all costs and just wait until Russia has a change in leadership. We have the story from Reuters. Russian banks face exclusion from London. So we are seeing these sanctions across the board. But let's take a look at what's going to happen in Ukraine. Newsweek reports, U.S. expects Kiev to fall in days. As Ukraine's source warns of encirclement. Three US officials have told Newsweek they expect Ukraine's capital, Kiev, to fall to incoming Russian forces within days, and the country's resistance to be effectively neutralized soon thereafter. The officials, speaking on the condition of an- anonymity, said that Moscow's focus, as was re- revealed by Putin, reference to his references to demilitarize the neighboring country, would be to encircle Ukrainian forces and force them to, to be surrender to surrender or be destroyed. They expect Kiev to be taken within 96 hours, and then the leadership of Ukraine to follow in about a week's time. I don't know where we go from there. I can tell you this, while all of that is happening, China is gearing up for their own conflict. China refuses to call Russian attack on Ukraine an invasion and deflects blame to U.S. CNBC reports China's foreign ministry spokesman refused to categorize an attack as an invasion. Within hours, leaders from the U.S., Germany, and U.K. condemned Russia. Chinese assistant foreign minister Hua Chunying was asked by reporters several times whether she would call Russia's attacks an invasion, but she repeatedly avoided giving a yes or no answer. In response to one reporter, Hua appeared to express frustration at the question and said, the U.S. has been fueling the flame, fanning up the flame. How do they want to put out the fire? Hua said Russia was an independent major country that could take its own actions, She referred repeatedly to Russia's government statements on Ukraine. China is closely following the development of the situation. What you are seeing today is not what we we have wished to see. We hope all parties can go back to dialogue and negotiation. Sure. But Beijing says, from the Hill, Taiwan is not Ukraine and has always been a part of China. And while this is happening, Reuters reports Taiwan warns Chinese aircraft in its air defense zone. We don't know what tactics China will take on Taiwan, but this is the exact scenario many had warned about. A couple, the several videos I've produced and the conversations we've had on Timcast IRL that should Russia move into Ukraine and this conflict escalate, in the distraction, China will take its opportunity to move on Taiwan. And what does that mean for Iran and Israel, for Yemen and Saudi Arabia? Have you seen the price of gold lately? At 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. I think, I think something dark. Ben Shapiro, great tweet. He said that the U.S. is so materialistic, we think sanctions will work. Russia wants to rebuild its empire. Iran is driven by ideology. They despise Israel. China is is not concerned about their material possessions. They're concerned about taking Taiwan. But all the U.S. can seem to do is say, well, then you can't buy stuff. But when you're dealing with ideologues, when you're dealing with these concepts of manifest destiny, That these countries have a right to these lands. They don't care about what you think they should be able to buy. Now, refueling their troops, feeding their soldiers, that I understand. Cutting them off can hinder this. And cutting off resources to their countries might piss off the local populations who then say, we don't want war. We want cheesecake. We want Dave and Busters. But at the same time, it could drive up the national resolve. We're hearing reports of massive protests in many countries. In Russia, for instance, people are protesting against the war. It does not mean that everyone in Russia supports these protests. Western, al- Western nations and our allies will obviously be showing you those videos and saying, look, the people of Russia support us. Why? So that if we attack Russia, we can say, we will be welcomed as liberators. Or at the very least, we are the good guys and they are the bad guys. But Russia has their perspective. Russia believes that Ukraine has been conquered by the West and that Zelensky and the Ukrainian administration are puppets of NATO. That's why they're doing this. They think they're liberating Ukraine. I would not say they're entirely wrong. But both sides feel morally justified. Reuters. Well, let me see if I can get this to uh, come up. The story from Reuters about Taiwan. Taiwan's Air Force scrambled again on Thursday. ...to warn away nine Chinese aircraft that entered its air defense zone, Taiwan's defense ministry said... ...on the same day that Russia invaded Ukraine, a crisis being closely watched in Taipei. There's a lot of ramifications for what could happen if this conflict actually continues. Taiwan, which China claims is its own territory, has complained of regular such missions by the Chinese Air Force over the past two years, though the aircraft do not get close to Taiwan itself. I want to make sure I'm stressing that point specifically in this story, which is why I'm trying to get it to pull up. I don't want people to look at this and think it's new. A lot of people talking about this saying, here we go, World War III, need to understand the context that China has been engaging in this behavior for some time. So we don't know know if this means anything beyond just China is doing what China does with, with Ukraine. Seeing some of these videos and these photos, man, I'm just, man, it's really shocking to say the least. It's really, really shocking. Many people are saying no intervention. I know I've made this point before, but it bears repeating. I agree. What do you do watching the people of Ukraine suffer, watching the children suffer? Viral videos and propaganda. I won't fall for it. I hope you don't either. There's a viral video showing a man with his daughter and his wife and he's crying as he kisses his daughter goodbye because he has to stay in Ukraine and fight. And I have never felt such respect for another human being. And to see that man, and I know other people, but to watch this video. And that being said, seeing this adult man hug his daughter for what may be the last time and cry, as much as I have respect for this man to say, I will not let Russia take my country. I will not fall victim to the emotional emotional And propagandistic attacks that would encourage, that would get me to encourage US attacks against Russia. I don't even know if the sanctions are the right move. I do not have all the answers. Mostly I'm anti intervention. Ukraine is not on our border, it is not, we are not involved in this conflict. It's Ukraine and Russia. Do we sit back and let Russia engage in this aggression? Why should we intervene? Is the United States the world's police? Are we really that empire that must intervene in every step of the way? I don't think so. I mean, I know we are. We shouldn't be. I think we should mind our own business, strengthen our borders. You ever play the game Civilization? Amazing game. The way I always play is strong, technologically advanced military, strong borders, and leave me the F alone. It's a video game where you build a civilization. And often war happens. I never, when I played this game, view invading. I, I know that there's, there's, you can win the game by invading other countries and conquering the world. That's not how I play. I go for science and cultural victories. But when these people invade me in the game, I crush them. That's the way I see it. Ukraine is not us. Sure, we must be prepared to defend our allies in the Baltic, in the Baltic states. That's where things get scarier. If Russia does make a move on any of these countries, I mean, they're already in Belarus. Belarus says that they have nothing to do with it. Is it possible that Russia moves into Lithuania, Estonia, Latvia? I hope not. And for now, we have no reason to believe that would be the case. But it's funny when they say, when Russia's like, we don't want NATO on our doorstep. What about the Baltic states? Yeah. Lies. They have Kaliningrad. Poland is right there. No, Russia wants Ukraine. Ukraine. Russia wants, I should say Putin wants the Soviet Union back. I have no reason to believe he stops with Ukraine. And many people are pointing pointing that out. Like Hitler with the Sudetenland. He's not going to just claim one region. He's gonna go for everything. And then what? I don't know, man. I think my view of things is the US will likely stay out of it for the most part. I don't believe they'll engage in cyber attacks against Russia. Or if they do, it'll be secret. It'll be privateer, mark and reprisal or something like that. uh, I'm sorry, letters of mark. Effectively, uh, private institute, private organizations operating in the shadows will take credit for attacks against Russia and the U.S. will disavow all knowledge to avoid direct declarations of war. But do you think Russia's stupid? It's the funniest thing. Do you think Russia's stupid? If they get hit by a cyber attack, are they just going to go, oh, it must be rogue third parties? The same is true with the letters of Mark with the Corsairs and privateers back in the, in the colonial era when pri- pirates, privateers would ransack, say, French supply lines. The British crown would say, oh, we would never condone piracy. It's certainly not us. They weren't flying our flags. But do you think these other countries are stupid? And they're going to be like, must have been a random attack. Must be Must be just pirates. Or do you think they know you signed a letter of Mark commissioning the attack against us. We can try and feign ignorance all we want. But the reality is when world war starts, all that matters is whoever has the ability to end it does. And that won't come until there's widespread death and destruction. I hope it is not the case. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. tonight over at youtube.com slash timcast IRL. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. I don't like doing segments talking about pundits, but I think the bigger issue here is who is right, who is wrong, and what this means for the United States moving forward as Russia launches a full-scale invasion of Ukraine. And there is a very real potential that China could move into Taiwan. There's already been some reporting on this, and the escalation could go global. In a viral tweet, Chenk Yuger of the Young Turks tweeted, he stated. Right wing doesn't love Putin just because he is an authoritarian tyrannical leader. They love him because he's a white authoritarian leader. Race has become more important than even nationality. They've turned on democracy and now even America in favor of a white warlord. This may be one of the most insane, divisive, psychotic things I've ever seen. Of course, you can see 2,263 quotes, but only 752 retweets. And over on the right, we can see that Jenk is trending. Why? The Young Turks host Jenk draws criticism following comments about right-wing support for President Vladimir Putin. What support? Who, where is there a conservative cheering on the invasion of Ukraine? It doesn't exist. The reason I highlight this tweet, for one, the sheer critical race insanity of these people There are no there's 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 no prominent individual rooting for Vladimir Putin. And even if there are some, which I haven't seen any, they could very well be cheering on Joe Biden, who is also an old white man. I think Joe Biden's like, what, seven years, eight, eight or nine years older than Vladimir Putin. So they're both old white men in charge of countries. Why wouldn't they like Joe Biden? The issue here is that. I see this country's Achilles heel, uh, the division, the intentional division. And I see what this is from Jenk Uger is a response to Tucker Carlson, apparently. And Tucker Carlson was correct in his assessment about what's going on with Ukraine and Russia. Jenk responded to this. He said, Tucker Carlson echoes Putin talking points in Fox segment on Ukraine. Hashtag Cenk was right. Could it be? that Tucker Carlson is not echoing Putin's talking points, but that Tucker Carlson is accurately reporting the perspective of Russia and their motivations as to why they are engaged in this conflict. I don't care for the Young Turks. I don't care for their, uh, uh, you know, bickering and drama. And honestly, I didn't I, I don't like talking about them. But this is what we have here in the United States. It's not just Cenk Yuger. It's 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 many others. Let me see if I can pull up some of some of these posts. Pedro Gonzalez says, do you guys feel the unity? Of course, he highlights Jen Uygur's tweet about a white authoritarian leader. You then have MSNBC, Rachel Maddow. Why didn't Russia invade Ukraine during Trump? Perhaps because Putin was pleased to see Trump pursuing goals in line with Moscow's agenda. I mean, that's interesting, because if you're going to criticize Tucker Carlson's position when he's talking about the perspective of, of Russia— Rachel Manow is now echoing R- 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 Russia as well. You see the unity is here, isn't it? Here is this uh, uh, Dean Obadala, uh, uh, watch Putin's horrific, we watch Putin's horrific attack on the people of Ukraine in horror. Trump and much of his GOP view it as a playbook to wage more January 6th attacks in the US. These people have lost their minds now. Here's here's one that I really love. It's from Jonah Goldberg. Brilliant Jonah. Amazing how so many of the self-proclaimed American nationalists talk such a big game about the importance of nationalism, the morality of nationalism, the necessity of nationalism, just don't care very much when an imperial power tries to erase a nation. What? What about nationalism has anything to do with us intervening in foreign war? These people are insane. I'm sorry. Now, look, this post from Jonah is just dumb, apparently not understanding what nationalism means. Nationalism does not mean that we rush to the aid of a foreign nation. It means we protect our own. And I'm not even a staunch nationalist. I'm I'm, I'm fairly anti-intervention, but I'm like center. You know, what's what's how do you phrase this? I'm center to center anti-intervention. It's how I put it. I don't think the U.S. should be getting involved in what's going on in Ukraine. And I I certainly think there's an opportunity to protect NATO allies in the uh, the Baltic region, the Baltic states. But I also fear the U.S. getting involved is inevitable. Just based on what we've seen from history, what's happening now with Taiwan, and the fact that our allies are being threatened. Now, of course, Ukraine, we are trying to get into NATO. Ukraine wanted to be in the EU. So this, it's a bit different from the Baltic states or Taiwan. But pointing these things out, I want to highlight the insanity. When Jenk Uger says the, the reason he's claiming that white supremacists or whatever are, are supporting Putin, it makes no sense. But he highlights Tucker Carlson. What did Tucker Carlson say? Let me show you. This is what Jenk uh, and many on the left are claiming the right uh, is, is evidence of the right supporting Putin. Business Insider says Tucker Carlson echoed Putin's talking points on Fox News, arguing the U.S. should not care about Russia invading Ukraine. I think we should care a little bit. We have allies in the region. And if Ukraine falls, then you've got Russia on the doorstep of NATO. I like how Russia says we don't want NATO on our doorstep. So we need that buffer. And the buffer was going to be the Donbass region. Now he's in Lviv, western Ukraine. And now he's putting himself... By invading Ukraine on the border with Poland. Yeah, it's all BS from Putin. The dude's nuts. He's clearly playing dirty games. Here's what Business Insider reports. Tucker Carlson argued Russia's case and its dispute with Ukraine on his Tuesday show, echoing several talking points made during President Vladimir Putin's speech the day before. In Monday's lengthy address, Putin defended his escalation of the conflict with Ukraine. Ukraine rewriting its history to emphasize its cultural overlap with Russia and to argue that it has never really existed as a state. I mean, that's technically true, technically. In fact, if you go back far enough, Ukraine, uh, Kiev, was the capital of Russia. the, The territories have all changed. I think the great point is how far back do you want to go? Yeah, we don't. We don't go backwards. On Fox News, Carlson made strikingly similar points. Both say this is about hating Russia, not defending Ukraine. Quote, Democrats want you to hate Putin. Anything less is treason, said Carlson. It's, quote, that hatred of Vladimir Putin that could tip the situation into war, he said. He went on to suggest that it's China, not Russia, that deserves a robust response from the U.S. Technically, yes, but depends on what that response is. I don't want the U.S. getting involved in all of these foreign wars. It's scary to see. Where this could go, regardless of what we want to happen. International conflict may just be a reality. I know a lot of people might not want to hear it. That he said is because, quote, oh, I'm sorry, he says Putin made a similar claim that NATO doesn't want Russia to exist and so is seeking to punish them. Putin has long bemoaned NATO's policy that any country country is eligible to seek membership. That he said is because their one and only goal is to hold back the development of Russia, and they will keep doing so just as they did before, even without any formal pretext, just because we exist. They just do not need a big and independent country like Russia around. I don't completely agree with the narrative, but NATO exists because of the Soviet Union, for the most part. I believe, you know, for, for the overwhelmingly most part. So, yes, that is the perspective of Russia. Russia. And NATO was expanding. NATO was, is, is potentially going to induct Ukraine before all this happened. And Russia said no. Ukraine is not a democracy. Putin painted Ukraine in bleak terms, pointing to its political strife, high levels of corruption. He claimed that the 2014 revolution that ousted the pro-president uh, Viktor Yanukovych did not bring Ukraine any closer to democracy and progress. A stable statehood has never developed in Ukraine, he said, saying that its democratic framework is just a cover for oligarchs. He also pointed to attacks on political opponents and media outlets. And he's right. That doesn't mean it's justifying his invasion. It doesn't mean he's a good person. He is playing to the problems of Ukraine to justify military force, which is wrong. But this point is true. Ukraine is run by oligarchs. And the funny thing is, you know that Putin would have supported any one of these oligarchs who was on his side. So spare me your moral grandstanding, Vladimir Putin. But this point being made by Tucker Carlson is correct. And if Putin is making, uh, I'm sorry, that's Putin's statement. Tucker Carlson says something similar. On Tuesday, Carlson said, you can't say it enough. Ukraine is not a democracy. Pointing to the same issues. Could it be That these are facts? They are. After the fall of the Soviet Union, oligarchs walked into factories with guns and said, we're in charge now. And the workers there, not knowing who to answer to, were glad to see some leadership and said, whatever you say, boss, you keep the supplies flowing, we'll keep the machines running. It's overly simplified, but it's how many of these oligarchs gained their power. There was a vacuum and they said, I'll fill it. And now they're billionaires because of it. Quote, and by the way, if the Biden administration believes that 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 is a model for democracy, we ought to be very concerned. In 2021, the D.C.-based nonprofit Freedom House, which produces detailed analyses and rankings of democracies, categorized Ukraine as a transitional hybrid regime. Western leaders have not called Ukraine a model state, but have spoken of its democracy as a still developing as still developing one worthy of support. Ukraine is a puppet of the West. In portraying UK- Ukraine's instability, Putin pointed to a number of anti-corruption institutions that receive U.S. backing there. He also said the country's agreements with Western governments and NGOs have rendered it a colony with a puppet regime. Carlson made the same point, arguing that Ukraine is essentially managed by the State Department. That is true. Yanukovych was ousted in these protests. The West supported the ousting because they didn't. It's complicated, okay? I don't want to rehash all of this history, but, but but to put it simply, Yanukovych was kind of playing up both sides, but seemed to be favoring Russia. All of a sudden, he gets ousted by these protests, and then you get Zelensky, who's very pro-West. Putin won't stand for it. It doesn't matter who's right or wrong. He also said, oh, I'm sorry, Carlson made the same point. He later connected Biden's defense of the country to the theory that he is indebted to Ukrainian oligarchs, one of several references to Hunter Biden's former employment with Burisma. President Biden has long denied any business connection to Ukraine, according to the BBC, and insisted that Hunter's activities in Ukraine were nothing to do with him. Lies, lies, lies. How do we know? Because of the leaked emails because of Hunter Biden's laptop. And boy, did the establishment try to keep that one from you. They don't want you to know that Joe Biden is crooked as they come.
0: With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, Provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.
1: Don't believe me? How about I play a video for you? How about I play this year video for you? One minute long. Please listen. To
2: convince you that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess the... 12th, 13th time to Kiev and uh, and I was going supposed to announce that there was another billion dollar loan guarantee and I had gotten a commitment from poroshenko and from uh, yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor and they didn't so they said they had they were walking out to press conference said no nah, I said I'm not going to we're not going to give you the billion dollars they said you have no authority you're not the president the president said I said call him I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. and I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bitch, <laughs> you got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid at the time. Well, there's still, they, so they made some genuine, s-
1: substantial changes institutionally. and with- So let me break that down for you. Let's say, OK, look, first, here's a simple version of it. Joe Biden said he was going to Ukraine to announce a billion dollars in loan guarantees, but they had to fire the prosecutor first. They hadn't done it. They promised that action. So he said, you got six hours to do it. Well, SOB, he's gone. And they put in someone solid. Let's say you take that at face value, that there was a corrupt prosecutor and we wanted Ukraine cleaned up. Vladimir Putin sees this and he says, you only have a prosecutor in place, this administration, because the West blackmailed you, dangled money in your face and demanded administrative changes. Why would Putin not view Ukraine as a puppet of the West when Biden publicly brags about dangling money? Now, now let's get more serious. This is an illegal quid pro quo. Joe Biden illegally threatened. I'm sorry, he threatened to illegally withhold aid. He does not have the authority to do that. But he did it anyway. Here's the best part. According to reporting from several sources, namely uh, Matt Taibbi. The prosecutor, Victor Shokin, was investigating Barisma. It's the company where Joe Biden's son was a board member getting, I believe, around $83,000 per month. Victor Shokin signed a sworn affidavit that he was investigating Burisma, namely their founder, Mykola Zlochevsky, and that the only reason he was fired was because of Joe Biden's illegal quid pro quo. And Donald Trump comes out, watches a video. He watches a video. That's what happened. Donald Trump watched a video of this. He watched this video. And said, look into it. So they impeached him. Let me show you what we got. Citizens for Ethics tweeted, Don't forget that Donald Trump was impeached the first time after he illegally withheld military aid from Ukraine in an attempt to get them to interfere with our democratic process. My response was, The U.S. doesn't even exist in any meaningful way at this point. The below tweet is disinformation and it only serves to destroy the U.S. I'll tell you what really happened. And there's some information we're missing for sure. Donald Trump saw a video, a meme on Twitter, the meme about Joe Biden saying, you know, well, SOB, prosecutor got fired. It appears Donald Trump didn't even really know what that was about. He was speaking with President, I believe it was Zelensky of Ukraine and said, did you see this this video going around where he said, you know, Biden says something about the prosecutor and there's like Burisma. Why don't you look into that? It was very bland, if anything at all at the time. Joe Biden was not running for president, and there were no publicly stated ambitions uh, as such. All Donald Trump knew probably was he saw his video on the Internet or he watched Fox News and saw it on Fox News. They then impeached him, claiming that he was trying to interfere with the democratic process, abusing his power, threatening to withhold military aid. The funny thing is, that's literally what Joe Biden did. And they've just projected it onto Donald Trump. And they're using it now to justify the establishment regime policy, the failed policies, the insanity. We've got we've got we've got such a, a, amazing tweets here. Siraj Hashmi with the list. He, he uh, is showing here uh, on the list. Walter Schaub, who said Fox News hosts haven't lost their minds. They know exactly what they're doing. They want for America what Putin has, a murderous authoritarian regime. They don't mind the killing; they envy it. They don't mind economic ruin if it comes with unchecked white supremacist rule. I don't know how this this country continues to exist. I don't know how. I don't. I don't know how uh, any any global conflict results in anything other than the U.S. fracturing into probably maybe even five different regions. Some people say like two regions in a civil war. Nah, it could be five. It could be six. Texas could break off. The West Coast could break off. The heartland, you know, the Midwest areas could break off. The South could break off. And it could just become a fracturing of regional, regional uh, countries. This post is insane. Namely, Jenk Yuger's post is insane. It's just absolutely insane. Here I sit. I say racism is bad. I say Putin is bad. I say the invasion of Ukraine is bad. I say it would be bad for us to get involved outside of defense of the Baltic states, providing weapons. And what does the establishment left say? They're pro-war. Or they're blaming white supremacy. Sane, rational people are not here. Reason, out the window. Now, there are a few sane and rational people. This person ain't one of them. This uh, Janelle Forsyth tweeted, this isn't discussed much, but Putin very much benefits from white privilege. I just can't see a scenario in which a black or brown man running Russia would be allowed to invade Ukraine with no devastating consequences. White supremacy will destroy us. I hope this is a fake tweet. I really do. Here's Ben Shapiro. Russia and China are focused on expanding their spheres of influence via aggressive action. The West is focused on expanding its national debt and exploding the gender binary. Whatever advantages we have on an objective level are wildly undermined by our narcissistic idiocy. Ben, good sir, you have hit the nail on the hammer. I, uh, hit the nail on the head with the hammer. Hit the nail with the hammer. I agree. It's insane that we have these videos. Look at this one. Benny Johnson says In case you're wondering what NATO has been focused on instead of keeping civilians from dying on their continent, rainbow. And it I is a video about diversity and inclusion at NATO. We are a silly, silly people. The Russians are a very serious people, as are the Chinese. But uh, the U.S., we're a very silly people. We can thank the likes of these personalities like Jenk Yuger and these other blowhard establishment pundits and Rachel Maddow. We are silly. There are some of us in this country who are pragmatic and reasonable. Unfortunately, for most of us, how do we have any meaningful solution to this crisis when the other half of this country has gone completely insane. And perhaps that is the war. Perhaps it's been Russia and China who have been doing everything in their power to sow this cult ideology that will consume and destroy us. Putin mocks us, saying that they backed away from uh, communism, but the West has embraced it. Well, here we go. When the real global conflict starts, do you think the... The soldiers, uh, the effeminate, feminist soldiers, do you think they're going to be able to save you? What about the more conservative, headstrong individuals? Well, they're being purged. They're being purged if they have Gadsden flags. They're being purged for not getting vaccinated. So what, what, what will we have? We'll have diversity and weakness. Russia won't. China won't. So I think if this really does move forward, hey, it's almost 250 years the U.S. has been around. I hope not. I really do. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. at youtube.com slash TimCast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Russia has launched a full-scale invasion of Ukraine. The reports we're getting suggest that Vladimir Putin is not just going to be securing the eastern Donbass region for peacekeeping, It is to suggest that Vladimir Putin seeks to to take the entirety of Ukraine. Uh, And now we're getting some very serious rumors circulating and reporting that Vladimir Putin is threatening preemptive nuclear strikes against anyone who opposes them. I think it's a very serious rumor that we should address. I do not believe it is accurate. We have this reporting from The uh, the Telegraph. Vladimir Putin appears to threaten nuclear strikes if West launches reprisal attacks. The Russian president has warned that any attempt to interfere in the Ukraine conflict would provoke a response never seen in history. Nukes have been seen in history. It's possible he's talking about modern nuclear weapons, which have not been seen in history. There are some really scary weapons. It could be biological. It could be cyber. We don't know. But it is true Vladimir Putin said anyone who inter in- interferes will see something you know we've never seen in history. Yo, um I was certainly wrong about this uh, to a certain degree. I think a lot of people were wrong. I don't think anybody uh, could see this coming. There's videos on the front page of the New York Times. Explosions heard across the country. Now, you got to be careful and I want I want to preface I, we're going to go through a lot of what's happening right now. Before we do, I want to say I did reach out to someone that I, a source I have from Ukraine who told me war, that's what they said, war, and um, they want, they're trying to get their family out. It's not, it's not the best confirmation that I could, I could hope for, but you know, someone telling me that war is happening and they're from that country, then uh, then I, then I think, you know, look, a lot of people don't want to be involved. A lot of people are acting like it's Western propaganda. I think this is legit. I've seen I've seen more than my fair share of videos now but it is true it is true fake videos are being circulated claiming Russia is doing certain attacks it's hard to know what's what's true because we are in a new era of warfare and psychological manipulation is key in how they're going to be fighting this so of course there will be fake videos likely from the west likely from Russia now we do have uh, I, I, we have a map showing uh, from the New York Times if you trust them, mind, mind you, because the New York Times got us involved in, in, in Iraq, mind you. But uh, this is what's being reported. Now, I can say this. Here's, here's a map from the New York Times. I have actually seen many people reporting similar things. So, again, take it with a grain of salt. If you, if you can, uh, uh, you know, assess and fact check and, and do the work yourself, do what you can. But numerous reports have suggested, I mean, this is crazy. Russia moving in from the south, from, from the Black Sea into Odessa, moving from Crimea into uh, into Ukraine obviously from the east but also from Russia into Kharkiv and 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 what may be one of the uh, more terrifying instances is north from Belarus now i'm hearing reporting that Belarus is denying any involvement in the into the mil- uh, uh, any involvement with the military operations we know that Russia had troops set up in Belarus there's also rumors circulating that top level individuals in the United States, are fleeing DC and flying to Denver and to other secure locations. I cannot confirm this, but I would not be surprised with Vladimir Putin coming out and saying, "We're doing this, and that anyone who opposes us, you will face consequences never before seen in history." This is not, my friends. This is not the Middle East. This is not uh, proxy war. This is Russia. Russia may not be the most powerful country in the world, but they certainly have a massive stockpile of nuclear weapons and a powerful military. You know, Ben Shapiro made a really great point. Right now, it seems the response from the West is sanction, sanction, sanction. And uh, Ben Shapiro was saying, Russia is not motivated by materialism. Vladimir Putin wants to rebuild the Soviet Union. He wants to rebuild the Russian Empire. China has come out now and has already threatened What is happening in Ukraine will happen to Taiwan. So something I don't normally do, but I do in times of great strife and escalation. My friends, head over to safeandreadymeals.com. Pick up your emergency food kit if you believe it's appropriate for you. I'm not a, a, this is a sponsored spot. It helps support my company. It helps support the work I do, full disclosure. But I only ever shout this stuff out when I think there are times when it makes sense. Safe and ready meals, they're emergency food supplies. You've got four-week and three-month supplies. They're basically like, um, it's, it's, it's dried food in bags. You pour it into a pot, pour some water, and you stir it up. Boom, you got something to eat. Full disclosure again, I want to say, when you buy the stuff, you are helping support the work we do here. But I genuinely believe it is, it is a smart thing to do. We've got a ton of this stuff. I don't think we have enough. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if it makes sense for you. I'm just saying, please consider what this could mean. They're talking about gas prices skyrocketing over $100 a barrel, potentially up 50 percent. Who knows? Gas prices are going to skyrocket. You got to understand this is not the Middle East. This is Russia invading Ukraine. The Baltic states are NATO allies. They're freaking out. They've been freaking out. You've got Kaliningrad north of Poland and southwest of Lithuania. That's Russian territory, heavily, heavily militarized. And NATO is now preparing a, a, a talk, There's talks of an Article 4 meeting. NATO is going to be, be, uh, be preparing some defensive measures, to say the least. We've got American troops staged in Poland. We've got a potential for very serious global conflict. The mess- so so my, my Ukrainian friend messages me saying, do you think this could go global? And I just I hope not a lot of people were saying it was clickbait, it was fear to talk about world, world War III because none of us believed it would get to this point. I'm going to say it one more time. If you think this is appropriate for you, and I certainly hope you consider. Look, don't. it's not even about just you. Safeandreadymeals.com. If something really does impact the global economy, you're going to see inflation. Food costs are going to be skyrocketing. It's already bad. And I'm, I'm saying if it does. We're only as strong as our weakest link. So, you know, for the sake of not just your your family, but your community, seriously consider getting some emergency food, some water, some bug out bags. I hope you guys have download on your phones right now. No joke. If you have not done this, download the and I mean this and I'll start with the the crazy part. The the entirety of Wikipedia, you can do it. There's apps where you can download all of Wikipedia. I'm not I'm not going to pretend politically it's a good thing. But if you're looking up berries, twigs and certain, you know, metallurgical, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, methodologies, it's probably fine. But more importantly, download emergency survival guides. I, I'm not saying you will need this stuff, but I tell you, it may come a time, <clears throat> excuse me, where learning how or knowing how to find clean water may be very important to you. Maybe not now. Maybe this doesn't go anywhere. But I will tell you this, considering I had been harping on about how this wouldn't happen, and I didn't think Russia would do this, I think it's fair to say things are escalating beyond what we would expect. And don't let your normalcy bias or your optimism bias hold you back from doing what you need to do to stay safe. Survival Guide. You can download an app. I would recommend downloading two of them, two or three. I would recommend buying a a, a burner phone, a small Android device for maybe 50 bucks that you can put some data on and turn off. Keep it off and then just, you know, don't do even worry about charging it, but have, have battery power or something available to charge it in, in the event you need to. I don't know where this goes. I want to say I don't think it goes towards nuclear war or anything like that, but people are obviously scared and scared people act irrationally and this could mean prices skyrocket. So do not wait. If this is not for you, safe and ready meals, by all means. But I just really, really hope you guys do what's what's right by you now. I also want to mention we're very close to DC. We're within like 40 miles of DC, and I'm hearing some uh, some flights in the air, uh, up in the air. I don't know what's going on. It could be nothing, but I want to stress this point right here. I want, I want to show you a few things. Vladimir Putin appearing to threaten nuclear strikes. We've got we've got crazy uh, stories, crazy videos of uh, um, industrial control systems blowing up. Or I, sh- I should say industrial systems blowing up. We won't know when we're hit with cyber attacks, what that will look like. So I seriously hope I seriously hope you are not sitting back and ignoring this. It's not time to panic. It's time to be calm, rational and and plan. I want to pull up this map right here. The the other day when we were talking with Steve from Fortitude Ranch at Survival Community. I, I asked, do you think Putin would would go as far west as Kharkiv? He said no. And I agree with him. What we were thinking was, uh, and many people, you've got here, uh, what I'm showing on the screen is the, is the Donbass region, the area held by separatists. And it, it, it seemed like, you know, Russia would move into this area to try and secure it. They would eventually move south down through uh, Mariupol and um, I'm pronouncing it wrong, into Crimea, where Crimea is actually already controlled by Russia. I did not believe they would actually move in from Belarus and move in from the north anywhere from the north to be completely honest that I, I I'm, I'm shocked by this look I'm not a, I, I don't trust Vladimir Putin but I just didn't think that they would he would make such a psychotic move now what we're seeing in this map all of these 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 little explosion markers are uh, reported attacks in Ukraine it, it even in l'viv which is which is far west in Ukraine just near Poland has reported attacks now now this could be propaganda. What I think it might be is a, 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 an attempt to confuse. So there are reports of Russian special forces operating in Kiev and other areas. These bombings may be an attempt to to shock Ukraine and to confuse them and create ca- chaos and disarray. I think that may be, may be what we're seeing here. So um, l- l- let me show you some of the videos we're seeing. We have this this tweet from... Motolkal help saying military equipment entering Ukraine in the video from cameras installed at the Belarusian Ukrainian checkpoint. Senkov, uh, Senkovka Vela, uh, Veselovka. These are TOS 1A, at least four T-72B tanks, at least eight MTLB tractors and Ural truck. All the equipment is marked with an O. I don't know if these videos are new. Sometimes they show videos and they claim it something and it's not true. So this is really hard to confirm right now, but of course we're going to be. Do, uh, I'm going to be working with my with our news team over at TimCast.com. Please help support our work if you want. If you if you want to assist to figure out what's true and what isn't. But I will say, the these uh, you see the circle on top, likely indicative of potential air strikes, meaning if there are drone strikes, air strikes, or or whatever else may come from the sky, they mark their their uh, equipment so they know what is theirs and what not to strike. It's a scary prospect. I'm hearing helicopters over my head. We are are near Frederick, Maryland, so we're just outside of D.C. We get military flights coming uh, uh, up and over us quite often. This stuff's freaky, man. And, uh, you know, we're, look, being in the D.C. area, relatively close to D.C., I mean, we're within, you know, 40 or 50 miles of D.C., we're already thinking about what we should have set up in terms of a mobile operation. We have our mobile studio. So we might um even move further west depending on what kind of news we get. But I don't want to be preemptive. I don't want to panic. This is in Ukraine. It's not happening here in DC. I wanna I wanna say I don't think anything crazy is gonna happen. I really, really wanna believe that. I don't wanna panic. I don't want to overreact. But I just I just gotta stress, man, we're we're not talking about. Afghanistan. We're talking about Russia's direct involvement, and if this triggers, you've got Article Four uh, trending on on Twitter. If this triggers some kind of greater global conflict, we'll probably move out uh, further further west from where we're at now. Keep operations going. We, we we've obviously set up contingencies. I'm I'm, I'm not saying we're going to freak out right now. I'm saying maybe in a few months, maybe if it escalates quickly, maybe if we see very serious conflict with with China. Then we'll, we'll be moving. But um, I, I just I hope you guys are staying safe. So I'll, I'll go through some of what we have. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has called on all citizens in Ukraine who are able and ready to defend the country to come forward saying Kiev would issue weapons to everyone who wants them. Reports of, of rocket strikes. I have this tweet here. Rob Lee tweeting, it appears an aircraft was shot down over Kiev. Haven't confirmed, don't know. But uh, there are also images uh purportedly of Russian uh, POWs. So uh, we don't again don't know for sure, but people are uh, some reports are saying that these photos show Russian soldiers being captured by Ukrainian forces. We have this tweet from Bruce Gilley on Twitter, professor of political science and public policy at uh Kane University. Not familiar with who he is, but he's saying China's CCTV is running a program about how Ukraine's fate is the future of Taiwan. Over at ABC News, we have reports China calls for talks on Ukraine and OK's Russian wheat imports. We are heavily sanctioning Russia. China, exactly as predicted, is going to pick up the slack and support Russia because they know they need Russian support if they're to move in and take Taiwan. And if they do, we are dealing with war in Eastern Europe, which could spread to the Baltic states, which would involve NATO. If it gets to that point, and I don't know if it will, this means the U.S. is now directly involved in a war. Now, I don't know if Russia has the power to stave off all of NATO. Of course, it is still winter for the time being. And the question arises, is Russia good at fighting wars in winter in Eastern Europe? And the question is, of course they are. So we don't know exactly where this will go. And we don't know what weapons exist that we don't even know about. The weapons being developed over the past uh, 70, uh, 100 years, you think, you know, you don't. okay. what we know about in the public, like uh, like Merv's, like uh, these are ICBMs that carry multiple warheads, nightmarish. I, 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 I really do think people need to wake up to the fact that there are probably weapons. And, and capabilities beyond anything you think you know about. You think in the past hundred years they developed nuclear weapons and they stop? They could, who knows, they could have antimatter weapons. Let's talk about antimatter weapons. Very, very difficult to produce. Antimatter, and, I, and, I, and I forgive me physics uh, phys, uh, physicists, friends, if I'm butchering this. Antimatter, when it comes into contact with matter, has a 100% energy release. It just totally obliterates itself. And theoretically, an antimatter weapon could be extremely small, but extremely powerful. And and I'm not going to give you the math on this one. But we've been developing, you know, we've been producing antimatter to the best of our abilities. We contain it in magnetic fields because so because it can't come into contact with standard matter. And that's stuff we know about. For all we know, they've developed stable antimatter weapons, the power of a gigaton in the, in the size of a megaton nuke. I don't know. I don't want to speculate. All I want to say is don't be surprised if these countries have capabilities beyond what we we think we know.
0: Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25 percent by bundling home, auto and life.
1: American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com.
2: Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit mfm.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison,
1: Wisconsin. I don't think it'll just be nuclear weapons. Let Let me show you what we do know. If it is true that Vladimir Putin was intending to threaten nuclear weapons, I want to show you something, just the MIRV. This has been around for a long time multiple independently targetable reentry vehicle take a look at this See if you can the the W87 MX missile it's got a, it, it it's 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 got more than one warhead it carries 10 to 12 they say it's an exoatmospheric ballistic missile capable of containing several warheads each capable of being aimed at a different target the concept is also invariably associated with intercontinental ballistic missiles carrying thermonuclear warheads you, you have you guys seen um have you seen uh, Iron Man, the first one? In the beginning, when Tony Stark releases the Jericho, one missile goes up and it deploys a, a ton of missiles that pepper the mountains behind him. The funny thing is when I watched that and he's like, behold, this powerful weapon. I'm just like, that ain't nothing. I get it. The idea was that it was compact, that it was a small missile that could do a ton of damage. I'm just thinking about the silos we've got, the Mervs that we've got. I think Russia's got twice as many nuclear weapons as we do. So in the event of any full-scale war, you've, you ain't seen nothing. The bombs we dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, nothing. The weapons we currently have are 1,000 to 1,250 times more powerful. So, you know, I, I think people should be paying attention to this, please. I think people shouldn't be panicking. I think it's time for people to stand up with purpose and with focus, and start thinking about what this means, what we need to do, the, the skills you need to build. I don't know what we can do. I mean again, look, this is, this is Eastern Europe. We are uh, we're looking at we're looking at Eastern Europe. We are not, we are not there, but rest assured, there's a really se- severe potential that we get roped into something and this escalates out of control. Right now I'm seeing on Twitter people are saying no involvement conservatives are saying no involvement. I agree. I don't see why the U.S. should be intervening when Russia and Ukraine have been in conflict for a long time. And it's Russia's border, Russia's border with Ukraine. I certainly think it's bad. I certainly think we should be preparing because Russia is going through Belarus. Belarus, again, reportedly saying we have nothing to do with this. But you also have Kaliningrad, Kaliningrad is a small, heavily militarized region in Europe, north of Poland, and south and west of Lithuania. I say south and west because of the shape. You know, it's, it's, there's like a, it's like southwest. Lithuania is worried about this. You've also got Estonia and Latvia. The Baltic states are NATO allies. Poland, very worried about this. If Russia makes any moves from Kaliningrad because he wants to or there's an escalation, it's, it's, it's so easy. For someone to step on a twig, there's a crack, and then everyone panics. But I don't know what's going to happen. I can only say this. Just yesterday, I was talking about, uh, two days ago, Steve Renee and we were saying, he's, the reports that they're going into Kiev, that's never going to happen. We said that. I said, do you think he'll go into Kharkiv? No, he won't. Now we're getting videos. Now Putin's saying, back off. Take a look at this. Uh, let, me, let me see if I can find uh, this tweet. Where do, where do we have it? Here we go. Max Sedan is the, the Moscow bureau chief for the Financial Times in Soviet Russia. News reports you, he says. Russian foreign ministry spokeswoman Maria Zakharova on state television just now says, firstly, this is not the beginning of a war. This is very important. We are trying to prevent developments that could escalate into a global war. And secondly, this is the end of the war. You see, Russia's perspective on this is that there was a legitimate Ukrainian government. Yanukovych was president. I was in Kiev in 2014 watching all this begin with the Euromaidan protests. Yanukovych was ousted, fled to Russia. You then get Zelensky, this president. He is viewed by Russia as a Western puppet. So as far as Russia's concerned, the U.S. has already used manipulative, propagandistic tactics to take the country. That means NATO will move in. This is why Russia invades Crimea. The conflict has been ongoing. There has been war in the eastern region. Their view is we're ending this now. It doesn't matter what Russia thinks. It doesn't matter what the mainstream media says. War is happening. The, the, the Biden and the West will try to claim, oh, Russia started this. It's a conflict between two great powers. The West is certainly way more powerful than Russia. But Russia is... Man, under Vladimir Putin, I think they're dangerous. Now, could it be that from Kaliningrad, you see militarization? We've been seeing this for years. I've talked to people on the ground in Lithuania. I've talked to locals there who say they're scared because there's been a military, uh, military buildup in Kaliningrad. I mean, look at this. Do People need to realize that there is a piece of Russia. There's Russian territory north of Poland. Okay, you've got Lithuania to the east, then Belarus, then Moscow. Very, very serious potential for expanded conflict. And what might happen if if China makes a move into Taiwan? The U.S. will be drawn into, well, I shouldn't say the U.S., but there will be war in Eastern Europe for, uh, I mean, Ukraine's large. War in the Pacific. If the U.S. is supplying weapons to the Ukrainians or the Baltic states, do you think Russia or China are going to sit back and just be like, this is fine. So what happened in World War II? The U.S. didn't want to get involved, but Germany declared war on us. Japan bombed us. Why? Financial reasons. Material reasons. We're supplying weapons to their enemies. So they decided, uh, you know, preemptive strike. Hit them hard, hit them fast, so that we can shut this down. Let me tell you. That was a big mistake. Ain't nobody's coming into the United States. We got a gun behind it, every blade of grass. Now, the thing that scares me about all of this is the division. The Achilles heel of the U.S. is the culture war. And it's a, rea- it's a reality. It absolutely is. Are any of these purple haired individuals going to be enlisting and joining the army and, and, and defending the Baltic states as, as Russia expands? I really don't think so. Are any of the people who are conservative or Trump supporters who refuse to be vaccinated who have been kicked out of the military going to be fighting? They've been kicked out. We're in trouble, man. This is scary stuff. I hope it ends with just Russia saying we take Ukraine. I don't like it. I don't like that they're doing it. But I don't want World War III. What do you do? I mean, they're, they're, they're moving. There's reports of attacks even in the west of Ukraine. Ukraine. Do we just let Ukraine be taken by the Russians? What does Russia say? Does Russia say, do we let Ukraine be taken by NATO and by the European Union and by America? People might think that it could end with just Ukraine, but this is why it doesn't. Because when Ukraine falls, there's a hard line. Let me ask you guys a question. When you went to the people, uh, look, I'm fairly anti-intervention. I lean like 80% towards we should not be involved. I say only 20% because I'm like, Things may escalate and may pull us in whether we want it to or not. But let me ask you a question. When the woke leftists come and say, we will codify the end of the Second Amendment and free speech, do you say, okay, I can live with that if it means peace? Of course not. You will outright say, we will never live with that. What happens when Russia says, can we live with a NATO Ukraine? No, we can't. What happens when NATO says, can we live with a Russian Federation Ukraine? No, we can't. I'm not saying anyone's right or wrong. I'm saying that feeling you get about the woke trying to suspend your rights, the Second Amendment and the First, and the First Amendment, that feeling you get where you say I refuse is the feeling people have when it comes to war, which is why I fear it could be inevitable escalation. If Russia takes Ukraine, We may be saying we don't want to be involved, but what happens when NATO gets involved? Then the U.S. has treaty obligations. And then what? If Poland says we cannot tolerate a Russian presence on our border, then what? It's not so easy to say we just stay out of it. It's just not. It should be. And a lot of people think it might be. But the reality is, sometimes, when you've got an expansive force like Russia, which results in, in Belarus or Poland or Slovakia or Romania, all being like, we won't tolerate Russian expansion, what happens if Poland says, we are not going to sit back and let Russia come to our border, so we are going to be involved by choice? The U.S. can stay out, true, but eventually, we get pulled in, too. I fear that any direct involvement could be the annihilation of human existence, nuclear war. And it's beyond that. Bring us back to the Stone Age. But to all the people who are saying we shouldn't get involved because of that, I agree. Just keep in mind, Russia is invading Ukraine. The West, Joe Biden, his corrupt cronies were pushing all this stuff. We can be mad at all of them. I think it's fair. But the end result may be, try as we might, escalation may happen. So just think about that. I'm not passing, you know, condemn. I'm not condoning or condemning. I'm just saying outright it may be coming. And I hope, regardless of what you want and what you think, you have taken proper precautions. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Probably more updates on on what's happening with the war. Thank you for hanging out. Please go to timcast.com support our work. Check out safeandreadymeals.com if it's something that you think is important to, to you. And I'll see you all in the next segment.